Hey, this is Mike, and you're listening to the J. Mike Fields Podcast. It's been a minute. So I've been doing a lot of writing the last few months, and I've taken somewhat of a break from social media. I've been posting a lot of older content, but I am excited. Um, I have a couple of things that will be coming out shortly. I, I think will be cool, and, and you guys are going to enjoy. But today I wanted to talk about, so I'm a big, I love the chakra system. So the system is basically a representation of how the nervous system operates. So there's seven different chakras, I believe. Make sure I get that right. But so I, I kind of want to talk about the first one. So the first one's kind of a base. So it's around like your reproductive system. So this is basically what it means to have a steady sense of self, to feel worthy to produce something here, to be someone. Uh, you're worthy to take up space, to have ideas, to be an individual. So especially with clients, that's the first place I start with is what's your foundation. We've we've got to have a foundation for your sense of self or everything else will fall apart based on a false mask of a false representation through an ego. And ego gets a bad rep. I mean, we need that to live in a, um, a physical world. So it's how we view ourselves and how we represent ourselves to everybody else. The key is, can we authentically get all those to be one? When you're by yourself, when you're with other people, when you're at your job, when you're doing the things that you need to do, can we represent the same person with the same moral standards and character? So I think that's super important. There, there are times that we need to put on masks for individuals, and that's okay in business and, and sometimes in those things. But for the majority of the time, if you want to expend less of your energy is to be yourself. And people say that all the time, and it sounds so cliche, but it's it's true. If, you, if you're not yourself, if you're having to put on all these masks continuously in your day-in-day interactions, if you're having to put this mask on, it's going to wear you out. It's kind of like uh, I always, you know, kind of represent trauma as a unclosed loop, kind of like, you know, what you do on your iPhone or, you know, all these things that track your calories and, and those type of things. It's a good representation. If you haven't dealt with a trauma or a situation in your life, then you're going to have a closed loop, you know, excuse me, an unclosed loop, and it's going to create an energy drain and conflict in your life. So a lot of times when you feel antsy, when you can't sit with yourself, it's because something is unresolved and your body is afraid for you to acknowledge and stay there and figure out what it is because it does not know that you can handle it now. So especially if um, we were traumatized as a kid, and it doesn't have to be some super major event. It doesn't have to be a sexual assault. It doesn't have to be a physical assault. It can be um, an emotional abuse, and which is sometimes worse than physical assault. It can be uh, you know, so- someone yelling at you at a particular state in your life when you're young enough to, to take in some type of belief that, well, okay, I'm not allowed to do this. And you really have to, it's really individually based. You have to figure this stuff out. So if something triggers you, it's great because that made you become conscious of something that bothers you. So if it triggers you, you're able to look in detail at it. And then the next time this event is brought up or a situation is brought up or a smell or a sight or something that you hear, you'll recognize it and you won't have the same emotional reaction if you're able to work through it. So I think that's why it's so important that we don't um, diminish people having trauma and we don't let that word become normal because people have been traumatized. There's, there are a lot of little things that you don't know that you react unconsciously because of something that happened to you. And it doesn't have to be anybody's fault. I'm not, you know, and I, I never want someone to 
to hold a victim victim mentality and blame it on their parents or their caretakers. Yeah, you know, it could be some of their responsibility. But as adults, as we realize this, you know, no matter what happened, the only thing that can make a change is you. You have to look at it differently. We have to write a new narrative. So I tell people all the time, I'm like, yes, you're a victim. We're all victims of something. Something has happened to you and you are a victim. But I want to help you resolve through that so we don't stay in a victim mentality because we keep a victim. The mentality is we always live like everyone's out to get us. And it's not denying that you are a victim. It's not taking away that something awful may have happened to you and it's tragic and it should have never happened and it's not your fault. But the difference is if you want those people to not have control over your life, if you want no one else to have control over your life, we have to own that story and change that narrative. So for an example, if, if let's say someone was physically abused when they were a child. So they were physically struck. So let's say it was by their father. They were physically abused growing up. There wasn't much they can do about it. They were um, lower stature, maybe not physically dominant, maybe a little bit more passive by nature. And, And they grow up and they were afraid of everything because they have been physically abused. So if they go out into the world, they're constantly going to be in a fight or flight state because their body doesn't recognize that some people are safe. Even if they look like the person that abused us, even if they smell like them, our body is going to react as if it's that individual. So it's so important when you feel triggered, when you feel emotional about a memory or a circumstance, really go back and journal that or, or, you know, go to your therapist or talk with a friend that you feel safe with and, and write this stuff out and, and figure out what emotion is relying behind it. You know, what, what is the emotion pushing me into this state? So it can be resentment, sadness, anger. It's, it's just best to identify whatever you're feeling, write that down, and then let yourself feel it and move through it. Because the actual only way past an event, it actually isn't the event that you're trying to move past. It's the emotion that you stored because of the event. So you don't have to be afraid that you have to go back and live all these traumatic memories and stories and all these things. You don't have to. Can we feel the emotions that we denied ourselves during that period? Can we express it to let our know, let our nervous system know that it's safe for you to produce these feelings now and that you're an adult and your adult mind can handle it? So it's, you know, I use analogies all the time, like your body's kind of like your inner child or your nervous system's your inner child. That's just a metaphorical analogy of, of talking and reparenting yourself. So the, the conscious mind is the adult, and you have to negotiate with your body, the child, because the body doesn't always want to do what we tell it, right? So that's the majority of our struggle. If you did 50% of what you were going to say, what you said you were going to do during a day and you got it done, I would be impressed. Because if you got 10% of it done, that's probably about average. So we already struggle with doing the things that we say we're going to do. A lot of the times it's us fighting against our own body. So the important thing is to how can we reconnect our body back to our mind? I think that's why the chakra system is, is so cool. And it's a great representation of our nervous system and our relationship with our body. So the first one is is obviously to be grounded in worthiness. And I'm going to go back to what we're going to talk about. Grounded in worthiness. If you doubt your worth, 
if you doubt your ability to accomplish things, if you doubt your talents, if you doubt your weaknesses, if, if you doubt who you are as a person, who you truly know that you are, it's going to ruin your life. You've got to fix this foundation for all the other ones, all the other chakras that flow fluently. So almost picture it as a spinning circle. And once that circle gets spun, it radiates energy to your next chakra. So think of it as your body and nervous system response isn't healthy in certain areas and you're learning to correct that you're almost you're reparenting yourself you're, you're taking things that that were pressed upon you that weren't necessarily your thoughts your beliefs or your ideas and you're challenging them and you're looking at them analytically and then also expressing the emotion that kept you fearful to look at that belief so it's I always tell, I mean, it's brave to go to therapy or to get a coach or to ask somebody for help because it's scary. I mean, you go in, you're dealing with this stuff. Like you're looking at what is causing you to unconsciously make decisions that self-sabotage you. Why am I not moving forward in the things that I want to move forward in? Why am I not pursuing the things that mean the most to me? And a lot of the times, these are ideas and beliefs that other people have placed on us. And it's really important that you look, that you look at those because... The foundation is worthiness. Well, worthiness is based on self-worth. And self-worth means how do I feel about myself? So we talk a lot about self-esteem and self-worth and psychology lingo and out there with therapists and coaches, excuse me, and all that stuff. The truth is forget self-esteem. Self-esteem is what you think other people think about you and it's easier said than done and who said that i did that's a belief i think that we need to be careful of i get it a lot on comments and with individuals i work with easier said than done well who said that well you did and what you speak ends up turning into a belief because it's a thought it produces emotion you start to believe it so be careful with your language so i don't think it's easier said than done i think i can do it if I try to do it. So we've, you've got to replace that limiting belief that I'm going to do my best. I'm going to either hire somebody to work with me, or I'm really going to commit to the next seven days, 30 days to work through of some of the stuff and limiting beliefs and emotions and trauma, I think are holding me back from pushing forward with the career that I want or the life path that I want. It, it's, it's so important to question that stuff because because our unconscious is so wide open when we're growing up, we have no idea what we're absorbing. And you know, you know, your parents, uh, even if they were bad parents, if they were great parents, they, they're just doing what they know. And not all parents chose to work on themselves. So don't, don't blame them. Don't put that pressure on them. It's now your responsibility and it's your life. And it doesn't mean that you have to go talk to a parent that you didn't have a good relationship with. It doesn't mean that you have to interact with that friend or that ex that, you know, it ended up on bad terms. It means that you settle it with yourself. That is the most important thing because it, if, if you're okay with you, if you can build a high sense of self, that you're, it's okay for you to take up space in the world and, and you can produce art and you can produce things that you think would help people or products or, or work for a company that you, that you think does well for humanity. So if, if you think that you're on the right path and that you feel good about yourself, that's what's most important. And I'm not saying, and, and I feel, I don't need to say this, but I'm going to, it's not being narcissistic. 
Self-care and self-worth is the complete opposite. It's being willing to take care of yourself so much and to love yourself so much in your body and to be mindful of your thoughts and to hold gratitude as your conscious state and to change those limiting beliefs. When you do that, you impact everybody around you. If I'm on my routine, you don't think my clients feel differently when they're in a session with me? Absolutely. It is my responsibility in my profession to take care of myself so I can help these other people. And it's your responsibility too. So the foundation is, you know, metaphorically, it's, it's your worth. It's your inner child. It's reparenting yourself. But, but logically, it is how do I take myself out of a flight or flight state, trust my actions, and to move forward with what I want to accomplish without having to worry about what everybody else thinks. That's self-worth. And I'm going to tell you, I get messages all the time. I get unfollows all the time. And I tell people this. I'm like, this is not for you. This is things that I have worked through. And I am presenting them. If they are helpful to you, that's awesome. If they are not, there may be someone else that you can relate to better and they will help you. So it doesn't matter what you put out if you're being authentic uh, within yourself and you're really trying to help people. There's going to be people, if people hate you, then great. And that's a cliche term too. You know, if, if people, if everybody likes you, then you're not doing something right. It's true. If you don't have someone kind of discouraging you and disliking you, and by the way, most of the time those people that send you nasty things or they're kind of on that lower tier because they're not doing anything with their life. That is typically the case if you'll look at that. So you can't focus on that. You have, it's almost like it's kind of comical when I get stuff like that now because not that I don't, not that I don't make mistakes and that I don't listen to what these people are saying because sometimes I need to be called out like everybody does. And I appreciate the people, you know, I'm going to say this right now. The P so I'm dyslexic and I try to check all my stuff before I post it, but sometimes I post errors and I appreciate the people so much that send me a private message. They're like, Hey Mike, I, I think you misspelled this or that's not the proper grammar association with this sentence. I appreciate that so much more than people that try to call me out in public you know, because it's almost like they're trying to get their own sense of self and approval from other individuals by calling someone that has a social standing in society to make them feel better about themselves. But the person that messages and tells me, I was like, that's my follower. That's my friend. And I'm going to remember this. So it's that's you have to get to that point where there's going to be a couple people. And, you know, and I probably have about 50 people that are great followers passionate, encourage me. And I love you guys so much. I, I so appreciate the encouragement and I need it. I, I, I love that feedback, but I also need the feedback from people that, Hey Mike, step it up, dude. Uh, you know, like you tell me how to do this. I don't understand how to fix this problem. Like, can you give me something practical? Like I need those challenges too. And I appreciate that. And also, so social media, the past three month, few months, I've been trying to, um, get some, you know, I've been rewiring my brain a little bit. So I, I've taken some time off and I'm trying to get my, uh, my, um, my, how would you say, I guess my, um, my short-term memory has been slightly off and I've had some physical ailments and things that I'm dealing with and I'll discuss later. But 
So, so my memory's been slightly off. So when people tell me that I've made a mistake or Mike, this is just like out, you know, it's kind of out there, dude. Like, you know, what are you talking about? I appreciate people correcting me and sending me stuff in. Just do it privately. And if you can use Mike at Mike Fields, excuse me, Mike at jmikefields.com. I, I try to check my social media posts. I get hundreds of messages a day and I don't always follow through on those. So I think I'm probably going to more or less shut those out. And then, but if you'll send me an email, I check my emails every morning and every evening. So it, it would be, I would be much more likely to be able to respond to you if it's at Mike at Mike at jmikefields.com. Mike at jmikefields.com. My old email was Mike at mikefieldscoaching.com. So I keep saying that, but you know, that's the thing we've, you've got to, you've got to find your own sense of worth and it doesn't matter what other people say about you. So when when we feel isolated, when we're not taking care of ourselves, our serotonin is completely out of whack. And serotonin is what makes you feel calm and stable. So if you look at a hierarchy, actually the higher you are in a hierarchy, which hierarchies can be anything, you know, they call it the patriarchy, you know, based off men, um, it, it, you can be anywhere, th- but the, but the higher you are and the more secure you are in that, the more serotonin you release. So if you're, if you're in the U.S. and you're middle class and you're doing decent, your serotonin is probably pretty decent. But if you're on that low end, you, your serotonin is not released and you feel fight or flight 95% of the time. And that can be dangerous because that's, again, that's an unclosed loop that you're constantly expending energy and you're hypervigilant. So you're paying attention to things that you probably shouldn't be paying attention to, things that you know, you, you think that it's going to, going to hurt you. If you got into a crowd, hypervigilance means you just, you're, you're fight or flight. You, you pay attention to all the things happening. Like that guy just pulled his hand out of his pocket. What if he has a gun? This guy does this, you know, what if he has, you know, something that's going to harm somebody? What if he has a chemical? What? So it's, it's our brain trying to predict danger in front of us. And if we don't take care of ourselves, if we don't create friendships you know, intimate friendships with, with friends, with, uh, you know, intimate relationships with our family, your serotonin is thrown off and it, it makes you feel slightly crazy. Like you, you feel hypervigilant and you feel like the world is out to get you. So that, that is why we need social interaction. And I used to not understand that so much. So I'm more of an ambivert. Like I can be very, very social. So if I, if I was at a speaking event and you came up and talked to me after, I, w- I would probably be very vocal with you. But, you know, it's at least for a couple hours. But at a certain point, I've got to get out of there. That introversion, like, kicks in, and I've got to, home, got to go home and spend some time by myself. But if you're hypervigilant, it doesn't matter if you're extroverted or introverted, you do not want to be out in public. Yeah, it, it makes you afraid to almost be out in public. So I'm going to tell you some steps to help with that. So if you feel lonely right now, if you feel disconnected, if you feel like nobody understands kind of your mentality or what you're going through and you feel like you can't talk to anybody – I'm going to encourage you to do a 15 minute morning routine. So, and people are like 15 minutes, what's that going to do? Well, it's going to change your world. Trust me, do this for 30 days and you'll never stop doing it. So the first five minutes, do some kind of exercise, go for a walk. It doesn't have, you don't have to burn a bunch of calories. So exercise is more for you to sustain your body and for you to create energy. So nutrition is all where weight loss comes from. And you know, of course you can, you can do more aerobic intense exercises and, and strength training to help to help produce weight loss but most of that's focused on in your nutrition so I really like when people talk about exercise 
take the weight loss frame out of it and just think, I want to feel better for me. I want my body to feel better. Like it doesn't matter if my physique changes. I want to feel better walking around in the body that I was given. So five minutes, go walk, do some jumping jacks, do one max set of pushups. It does not, don't get that perfect mentality out of your head. You don't have to hire a trainer unless you want to. You don't have to go to a gym unless you want to go outside and walk for a minute. So five minutes. So do that for five minutes. And the next, when you're, when you're exercising to save time, I want you to think of all the things that you're grateful for. And the list sometimes may seem silly to an individual, but I, I list my stuff. I'm so glad that I can see, you know, and, and I'm not just like making up like, oh my God, oh, well he's talk oh, he can see and touch and, and walk. It's freaking awesome. I can see, I can touch things. I can walk around. I can interact with people. I can speak. I mean, it's it, the things that we take for granted. It's like unbelievable. So if you can get yourself in a state of gratitude, especially early morning when your subconscious is slightly open. So we, we produce different waves, brain waves when we first wake up and it's more likely that it will stick in our unconscious. So that's why this morning routine is so important. Start moving, start being grateful. After that, you should be calmed down a little bit, expended some energy. And you can do this longer if you want to. I, I encourage people to do at least 30 minutes of activity. But if you're just starting and you're like, Mike, that's way too much. I've got eight kids. I got to get them ready for school. I can sacrifice 15 minutes in the morning. Then let's do 15. Five minutes of exercise. The next five, I want you to visualize how your dream life would be. And I want you to, I want you to picture in your head, close your eyes and picture in your head, what would I be feeling? Who's around me? What do I own? What's the scenery? What's my job profession? Who is my spouse? Do I have children? Do I have pets? What type of vehicle do I drive? Do I have more than one vehicle? Do I own more than one property? Am I in the country? Am I in the city? Do I own my own business? Do I work for a certain company? I want you to get so detailed that you know the placement mat on the front of your dream house. I should be able to visualize and see your house by you describing it to me. And I want you to feel as if, as if this has happened. And what you're doing, you're preparing your nervous system for this type of world. So once you start to notice things that would help you get these types of materials or develop these types of relationship in your life, your brain's going to go, Hey Mike, or Hey, whoever like, Hey, Hey, I think this is something that you were wanting because we have visualized it and your body will literally trigger you to go towards it. So, you know, we can make all these fun stories about manifestation and you know, you, you think you act, you feel, and it happens. It, it's kind of true. But it actually has a great scientific basis. If you can plant this in your unconscious, then your body and your mind is going to direct you towards that when it identifies something that it thinks would help push you towards that life. Because when you're in that state, in that dream life state, you're comfortable, you're relaxed, serotonin's going well. And the more that you're able to do this, do it for five minutes to start with, then 10 minutes, then 30 minutes, then an hour. And before you know it, you are living that life. Whether the material stuff is there yet or not, you are chemically there. And that's the most important thing because we're not, we're not, it's, you know, it is perfectly fine for you to have as much wealth, as much material things that you want. And I hope you do so much good for other people if you get that far. But the most important thing that we're after is an emotional state. That's all we're looking for. We're looking, I will feel this way if I accomplish this. But you know what? You can feel that right now. And you can feel that through the process. And I think that's what's important. People that are unfulfilled, 
that are wealthy or have been very successful in an entertainment career or, or an entrepreneur or whatever it is, you know, a mom, it doesn't matter. If you aren't fulfilled emotionally, then there was no point to that whatsoever. There was no point because emotional fulfillment is what we're actually seeking. So if we can teach ourselves to, to feel a state of gratitude when we wake up and energize our body, maybe feed it with something the last five minutes I was going to say, feed it with something nutritionally healthy. Don't go on diets. Don't call them diets. Just do some, eat some real food and, and, and go from there. Don't be super strict with yourself. Uh, you know, when people cut things out, I always make jokes. It's like, if I told a, um, I always make, I always think it's funny because you don't tell ladies what to do. So if I was like, don't, don't go eat 10 Snickers bars today. Well, that's the worst thing I could have said. They're going to go eat 10 Snickers bars like right away. You don't, don't tell yourself not to do something. We're, we're, we're all naturally slightly rebellious. So be careful with restrictions. Just say, I'm going to feed myself with something that's nourishing for me. And that's real for my body. That's going to make me, that's going to make me feel good naturally. And it's going to help me push towards my goals. So that I, I call it conscious eating. So you know, I don't care if you're eating pizza. I don't care if you're eating a cupcake, eat it slow, slowly and enjoy it and don't beat yourself up about it. I think the worst thing that you can do is beat yourself up about certain foods that you eat, because what does that send you back into? It's called a drug spiral. It's like, um, people that are addicted to amphetamines or alcohol or, or any kind of downers, a uh, heroin, that type of stuff. The reason why they go back is because they don't want to crash. They don't want to feel how they feel in their normal state. So if you can produce a state that's natural for you and it takes a couple weeks, uh, you know, I, w- I would stick with it, you know, nine to 12 weeks, you will start to naturally feel good and you don't have to have anything outside of you. Our body is a huge pharmaceutical company and can produce things very naturally. Um, it can be done through, through nutrition, exercise, breathing exercises, our sleep routine, you know, a consistent sleep routine. It's very important too for serotonin. If you can get a consistent, um, bedtime and wake up time, you know, I know it's a little bit different on the weekends or if you have kids, but just, just try to try to manage a time that's that's doable and you're at least getting you know six to eight hours of sleep but but consistent and, and I think that's what's going to push you over the left if you if you need accountability I, I use so I do I do exercise coaching still in the mornings with clients and I do life coaching mid-morning through afternoon and then I typically will write in the evening or I'll get up before my first client right in the morning after I work out and do my morning routine but You've got to have you got to have this time planned for you, and it's got to be set and scheduled so you're grounded in yourself. So anyone else you interact with or anything that you're trying to pursue, you know that you're moving forward, and that's why your body releases serotonin. It I am living up to the ideal that I imagine in my head. That's why I don't want you to make these goals so big, so outrageous. Everybody says set huge goals. No, don't. First, set something you know that you can follow through with. We've got to build trust with ourselves. That's part of the worthiness. You, you don't necessarily completely trust yourself when you say you're going to do something. So this is why the easy stuff, the exercise, the morning routine, this is what we start with because it's completely in our control. You have 15 minutes. I don't care if you have kids. I don't care if you have dogs. I don't care if you're married or not. I don't care if you live by yourself. You can find 15 minutes for you. And this is the most unselfish thing that you can do for yourself because this is going to affect the rest of the people around you. When you start to take care of yourself, people notice. They feel your energy. 
They see you differently. They see you as a leader. They look to you when something bad happens because they know you are steady. And no matter what, no one can take that morning routine or that mindset away from you. Even if you were in prison in a solitary cell, they cannot take your mindset from you. They cannot take your gratitude from you. They cannot take what you want to accomplish and what you want to put out in the world away from you. That's how strong your mentality has to be about your sense of self. Because I'm going to tell you, People are going to come and challenge you, shitty people, people that aren't worth, I mean, a grain of salt, and they're going to attack you. And the way that you respond to that, the energy that you place or don't place on that will affect your life greatly. So building that strong sense of self is learning what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. So that first chakra, ground yourself in worthiness. And I'm passionate about this because, you know, for so long, I, I did not like myself. I did not think I had capabilities. I did not think I had talents. I did not think I could speak. I did not think I could write. I did not think I could act or play. You know, I, I, I just had a very low sense of self and, and, and very low self-esteem. And, and I, you know, around 20, I started working on that. And that's what really changed my life. And that's what drove me into helping coach people. And my, you know, you can call me a life coach, whatever it's, I help you strengthen your sense of self. I help you build that foundation to whatever that you want to do. And we're going to do this together after you built that, because once you build the foundations, a lot of the times I think it's, I enjoy working with clients so much because once they build their foundation of worth, they skyrocket. I mean, and I don't have to do anything. Literally, I'm there listening to them and, you know, I'll, I'll assign them some tasks and I'll encourage them and shoot them some stuff. But in the back of my head, I'm thinking, I am so freaking proud of these people because they chose to invest in hard-earned money to strengthen their sense of self, to create something memorable for society and to help people. And, and to help them love themselves and, and to create something that's good and, and that will bring that will bring kindness and, and love and, and you know and, and maybe make somebody's life easier in the world. So that, that's why I love this stuff. Your sense of self is so important and I, and I want you to feel strong in that. I want you to take up space and weight in this world. And I love there's a quote from John Eldridge and I don't want to butcher it, but I, I believe it's let people feel, the weight of who you are and let them deal with it. You know what that means? It doesn't matter what they think. You stand firm on the foundation that you built, that you work through, that no matter that fear that was in you, that anxiety and, and, you know, and doubt you chose to move forward and to build such a foundation to feel, to build such a strong sense of self that now you can help other people do the same in whatever profession you choose. And that is freaking awesome, I think. So grounded in worthiness, exercise routine, get you some friends and start interacting with your family if they're healthy for you. And it's difficult. It's a little bit more difficult to build friends these days. But I'm going to tell you, um, I'm 33. Most of my childhood friends are um, married and have kids or they don't live here. And I don't have a, a ton, ton of friends. But... I, I do my best, no matter their age, no matter who I meet, to know that, to let people know that they're not alone. And that's helped me develop some great friendships that I don't, I don't think I ever would approach. Some people are different than me, and, you know, it just wasn't someone I would normally approach. But because I've built a strong sense of self, it's almost intuitive to know when someone 
need someone just to say something to them. And you know, that's, and I'm not going to mention their names because I haven't asked for disclosure, but I've built one or two friendships that are just incredible because I was willing to be uncomfortable and go out and speak with them. And there are so many people that, you know, and, and when you say, when people say they're lonely, it doesn't mean that you're alone. It doesn't mean that you're like, oh, I feel alone all the time. It just means you're by yourself. You know, I, I'm 33. Um, I live with myself and, and my dog. And sometimes it does get lonely. But the sense of self is what's helped me so much because now I'm not afraid to reach out to people. Now I'm not afraid to reach out to acquaintances and try to get to know them better. Now I'm not afraid so much to um, ask my family for help or to let them do things for me. And, and that for me has changed my entire world because serotonin. Like I feel so grounded. I, I feel like I'm in place. But if I get out of that routine, no matter if I'm spending time with my family and friends, no matter what, your sense of self wanes. And it weakens. So you, the most important thing to develop that sense of self is that morning routine and building your sense of worth and knowing that you're worthy to be here. You better take up space and you better do what you were here to do. Because if you don't, you're going to regret it. You can already regret it now. doesn't matter how old you are. You can be on your deathbed. You can be 25. You're going to regret it. And I want you to use that negative emotion to push you forward and develop such a strong sense of self that there's no way your foundation can crumble. There's no way that you're not accomplished what you're, what you've set out to do. So that's it. I think, um, grounded in worthiness, the first chakra. So I'm going to go through all these and I, and I have some exciting, uh, announcements here soon too, about, about these chakra systems, uh, that I am, uh, excited to release. And, uh, you guys will be the first ones to hear about it. I know it's been a while. Thank you for your patience. I know I've been inconsistent. I'm going to do my best to at least put up one of these every two weeks. I'm going to do my best. I promise. I'll talk to you later. Bye.